Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. We're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale. Go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, it is dinner time. What are you thinking about? My suggestion, go for the best barbecue in town, Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. You can find them in North Denver. I've had so many things on the menu. Their ribs are fantastic. Love the way they're uh, slowly smoked. Same with their wings as well. Just outstanding. Uh, Smoked Reuben. Uh, corned beef Reuben, really good as well. Their smoked meatloaf, I love. Their sides are great. The mac and cheese, the, their baked beans, which I don't even eat baked beans ordinarily. Uh, they have drippings of brisket and pork in there. Their desserts are great. You need to go to the best place in town. Everybody loves good barbecue. Go where I go, best place in town, hands down, Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew in North Denver. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Derek Carr, three-year contract extension, $121.5 million. Carr's in the final year of his current deal is now under contract with the Raiders through the 2025 season. When Russell Wilson heard this, and he has seen you know recent contracts come out, and he looks at Carr and says, this guy's never even won a playoff game, I'm guessing Wilson is thinking, not that I can necessarily name my price, but he's going to be able to go pretty high in the Broncos after giving up all that draft capital are going to have to acquiesce. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I don't want to use the phrase he's got him over a barrel, but um, he has the hand here. He coming to a desperate franchise for a quarterbacking, which is why, which is why the Broncos gave up the price that they did for Russell Wilson. Why George Payton, who has said over and over how much he loves the draft parted with his first and second round picks for two years plus some young plus a couple of young players plus a key starter to make that happen. So he knows by that price just how deeply the Broncos value him. And like you said, he comes to Denver with playoff wins. He come, as John Fox would say, he's got skins on the wall, right? Skins on the wall yep. that 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 uh, Derek Carr, who's a very good quarterback, and I do th- I think Derek Carr is going to win playoff games uh, in the near future with the Raiders, but there's still skins on the wall that Carr doesn't yet have. I understand that when you look back on history, it's not always going to be exact. And you and I spoke about this in the previous hour, but I have some more data to back this up. And Russell Wilson, when he was at his introductory press conference, said he wants to win three or four more Super Bowls, which is hard to do no matter what. Getting to three or four is hard enough. Winning three or four, that's really tough. And you and I had this conversation. He said that he wanted to play 10 to 12 more years. And I asked you, what would be easier to do? Play 10 to 12 more years or win to three to four to three to four more Super Bowls? And we both agreed it would be harder to win three to four more Super Bowls. With that, he's made it. He will make it harder on himself if he chooses to go for top dollar. As you and I discussed, since 2011, 
no quarterback making more than 12.5% of a team's payroll has ever won a Super Bowl. That, that's, a, that's a pretty good sample size of over 10 years. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree, yeah. Every team in the championship game this past year, NFC, AFC, none of the quarterbacks made over 12.5% of their payroll. So now we have something just as recent. Patrick Mahomes' deal doesn't kick in until this upcoming year. So I guess we will see. If Russell Wilson wants a better chance to win Super Bowls, he needs to take the Tom Brady approach, which you and I have discussed. I didn't even realize this. Do you know last year Tom Brady wasn't even the highest paid guy in his own team? I did not realize that. In in terms of what he made that year, right? In terms what of what he his... made this past year, what he made this past year, his his signing bonus, okay, mm-hmm. and his cap hit are different, right? Right. And I'm with you on that. But the way his contract was structured, he was 5.79% of the cap. Jason Pierre Paul was 7% of the cap, which is stunning. Then you go to next year, as Tom Brady will be coming back. And we we both can agree they're going to be loaded probably once again. He will be 9.85% of their cap. He's always found a way to, to be creative so they can sign other players. And as you and I both agreed, he has probably left 60 to 100 million on the table. I know his wife does really, really well. But at the end of the day, when you're a guy like Aaron Rodgers and who knows if he marries his actress girlfriend Mm -hmm. this upcoming year, he's 13.25% of that cap. Patrick Mahomes, 17.16. That's the percentage of his cap. And by the way, Matthew Stafford last year was 10.69% of that cap. So not even the quarterback for the defending champs was even that high. So you said, go ahead, go ahead. And for this upcoming year, you know what Matthew Stafford is going to be percentage of the cap this upcoming year? 6.71. It's low. It's very low. Yeah. Right. So you got to find ways to be creative. Now, granted, Aaron Donald is over 13% of the cap. Aaron Rodgers. No, Aaron Donald. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Matthew Stafford is about six and a half percent of their cap. I thought you were talking about quarterbacks. Well, when you got to be Patrick Mahomes, you got to be 17% of your cap. And you got to be Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. The history suggests you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Doesn't mean you won't, but remember, you have the Josh Allens of the world who are who are getting a lot of money, but what percentage of that cap are they? When, when did Allen get a new deal? Or did he get a he, he got a new deal. He signed he? it last year. But signed the but the big year. numbers have but the big numbers haven't kicked in yet in terms of his his cap value. I mean, because right now I think it, he's at sixteen point three seven two. So Josh Allen right now he's at seven point eight five percent of the Buffalo Bills cap. That's but right. in twenty twenty three, his number mm-hmm. goes up north of thirty nine million dollars. Right, which is project, but but in terms of the uh, projection on the cap, that takes him to eighteen point two three percent. By by but the I'll, way, there are there are already for for twenty twenty three, there are yep. already ten quarterbacks projected to be above that magic twelve point five percent figure that you've spoken of. 
But remember something. Uh, looking at the 2023 numbers with Josh Allen, which is 18.23%, and no, I don't think it'll get down to 12.5. But that's only 40 guys on the roster. That's not a full. No, roster. that's percentage of the cap. So that's all. That's percentage of the projected cap, not the per, not the not everyone's salary. That's what they're projecting the cap to be. That's what okay. it's based on. So that's not going. So that's only going to change based on where they expect the cap to end up. Okay. That's not and percentage that's, of what everyone of those forty contracts. That's per, that's percentage of where they expect the cap to be. So that's that that won't change appreciably unless he restructures. And then we'll see which guys that they can keep on the roster, right? By the way, you know, the the one number that jumps out at me for the next couple of years, percentage wise, Jared Goff. I mean, you talk about a high percentage for not much va- for not much value. Jared Goff's percentage of the Lions cap figure this year is 14.3%. It's about the same next year. What are they getting yeah. for that? Bupkis. Right. So it, the history suggests it doesn't happen with a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the history suggests. Eventually, a quarterback will wind up winning a Super Bowl who is over 12.5% of the cap. I certainly understand that. Mm-hmm. But Looking at the history, and you're Russell Wilson, and you want to have better players on your team. Tom Brady does it beautifully, doesn't he? I mean, that's the I'm ideal. Saying, that's what you want, right? Well, that's why Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not the most talented quarterback to ever play this game. Not even close. But he's the greatest. It. It's not a bit. He's he's the greatest because he's the smartest and he's the least greedy. And I'm not suggesting quarterbacks are greedy and players are greedy for wanting their money. Good for them. If somebody can pay you that, you should take it. But he was also the smartest when it came to how to structure a contract so the teams that he played with could bring in other players. Yep. I mean, would you say that uh, Tom Brady's a better passer than Dan Marino? I wouldn't. I'm would, not would sure anybody's he, a better pure passer than Dan Marino. Right. Ever. Tom Tom Brady is is considered the greatest quarterback of all time because of his Super Bowl rings, and rightfully so. That's a fair metric. But when you look at how he has constructed his salary year by year by year, he's also the smartest because it allowed his teams, whether the Patriots or the Buccaneers, to bring in the most talent to surround him. So he might be, you might want to call him the greatest, but he was also the least greedy and was also the smartest on how to structure his contract. And he also left a lot of money on the table. So with greatness, he had to make sacrifices, but no one will question he's the greatest. Nobody, nobody cares that you were the highest paid player in NFL history. They just, they just judge you by Super Bowls. So Tom Brady has both. And of course, and he, he's Rogers operating Lee, in an era Aaron with, with nothing. And he's operating in an era with finite cap resources, like Dan, like Dan Marino. There, for much of his career, there was no That's salary right. cap. Uh, the thing that, but the thing that held him back, it wasn't that he wasn't great. He was. What what held him and the team back was the fact that Miami, even in the pre-cap era, couldn't put together a defense to save its life for about the first decade of Dan Marino's career. By the time they got a defense, Marino's skill set was declining. I'm going to give Brady a little bit more credit than I think the average person is going to. And I'm going to include you in this. 
Because people will say, well, he didn't take all that money because his wife is worth all that money. That might be partially true, but I don't think it's 100% true. I think he had his eye on wanting to be the greatest of all time, and he knew Super Bowl wins was the path to get there. Yes, his wife making a lot of money certainly helped. Don't get me wrong. But I think his mindset was, I want to be known as the greatest player to ever play this game, and the only way I'm going to get there is by winning Super Bowls. And if his wife made very little, there's a part of me that believes Brady still might have taken the same path. Part of me. I think he's shrewd enough because you know what? And you know as well as anyone, when you are considered one of the greatest, you will have more endorsement money than you will ever make as a player. Right? Ideally, yes. Definitely. When it's all said and done, Peyton Manning will make more as a off the field than on the field. Well, that's not right? endorsement. That's starting a production company. Like a, the, the key is to find a, a business that can allow you to take it to the next level. With, with Peyton Manning, it's proving to be television and multimedia production. For Michael Jordan, it was making a basically a, a, a an ideal contract with Nike that developed his own brand, as it were. If, if Peyton Manning had the same careers career resume as Matthew Stafford as Matthew Stafford Peyton Manning would not have a production company he wouldn't he right. wouldn't have all those commercials either but, but he did Peyton but, Manning but he did right because he was a great player so he got those endorsements and same thing with Tom Brady make more money off the field than on the field mm-hmm. coming up after the break you want to do this tease, Mace? You want me to do it? You go ahead. Want to mix it up a little bit? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the tease. Are you saying that because you just popped up the show notes? I had I had I had them and I knew where they were and I've got them in Good. front I'll of let me. You do, it. you do it. You do it. There are some familiar names that are getting back into football coaching. We'll tell you which ones, including one quite beloved around here who's back going to be back on the sidelines who is that we'll tell you on the other side afternoon drive with goodman and mason mile high sports radio milehighsports.com Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to talk about Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. I've known Eric and worked with Eric for well over five to seven years. He does my auto, my home. He's getting ready to do my life insurance. He also does my health insurance. He's the best guy I've ever worked with. He's quick to return phone calls and emails. He checks in to make sure I have the right policies every single year, and he's thorough at what he does. His staff of the Cook Insurance Group, over 70 years of experience, I'm telling you, they are the absolute best at what they do. I would never want to work with anybody else but Eric Cook and his group at Cook Insurance. Give him a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for the buzz. 
The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right. We know the USFL is going to be starting this spring. XFL starts in 2023, and they have announced its eight head coaches. Wade Phillips, Bob Stoops, Jim Haslett, Terrell Buckley, um, Heinz Ward, Rod Woodson, Reggie Barlow, and Anthony Becht. Okay. So just by looking at this list, the XFL has made an effort to, to, to diversify the head coaches. Five black head coaches, three white head coaches. With that, you have the list in front of you. Mm-hmm. Give me three head coaches that have the best chance to succeed in the first year. I I I'd like to know what the, what their talent is. I mean, because even in this league, it's gonna even in a league like the USFL or the XFL, it's all gonna come down to uh, the quarterback. Now, all things being equal, yeah, you'd probably say Wade Phillips, Bob Stoops, and Jim Hazlitt because they because of their experience because of their experience. But I would look at this and say that somebody like, for example, Rod Woodson, who has worked with multiple coaching staffs, including uh, doing a, a training camp with the Broncos a few years back. I think Rod Woodson's equipped to have success. I think Heinz Ward, who has worked as a college assistant and was working as an assistant in the Alliance of American Football back in 2019, I think he's equipped to have some success too. I'm not suggesting they're not equipped to have success. And I understand the diversity. Has Rod Woodson ever been a coordinator at a high level? No. Heinz Ward? No. Okay, a lot of these guys have never been coordinators. Would you hire a would you truly consider? And there have been exceptions, very few that you go from a defensive backs coach to suddenly being a head coach. Very rarely. Not not at the same level, but when you drop, but by dropping a level, certainly we see we see position coaches often getting hired as college head as as head coaches. So to me, like if you have somebody who's kicked around as a position coach and has had a couple of NFL stints, being an XFL head coach, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's a stretch. Well, I don't. Again, I understand the diversity aspect of it, and I agree with the diversity aspect of it. But I don't know if you're setting these guys up to succeed because it's obvious what they're doing here. And I applaud them for what they're doing. Okay. But we've talked about it with the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett's going to make his mistakes as a first year head coach. And he's been a coordinator at multiple stops, throwing a guy who's never even been a coordinator. The only guy who truly has experience is Reggie Barlow, and he was at a small school, Virginia State University. He was at a, he, he was in Division One though, like Virginia State's Division Two, but he was coached for I believe eight seasons at Alabama State, which is Division One FCS. And that's fine. He has the best. He has the most experience. But after that, it's a huge drop off. So. When you look at minority candidates, hey, why wouldn't a guy like Aaron Glenn or Byron Leftwich or Eric Bieniemy? Why wouldn't they want to get head coaching experience in the XFL? Probably why be- wouldn't they? Probably because they feel like their best path is still by staying in the NFL at this point. 
even as an assistant. But they'd be getting head coaching experience. Yeah, but I'm, what, I'm saying I'm, you, you asked why. I'm saying that they that they're they're that they probably feel like their best path is still working within the NFL, especially someone like Aaron Glenn, who, despite Detroit struggling on defense last year, got multiple head coaching interviews based on what he did in Detroit under Dan Campbell. And by all accounts, impressed in those interviews. So his probably his straightest path to becoming a head coach is stay right where he is, continue developing that Lions defense. And if they improve this next year, there's a good chance he is somebody's head coach. Eric Bieniemy is probably the guy that could use this yep. more than Aaron Glenn. Outside of Bob Stoops, okay, who could be a college head coach anywhere he wants to be. He's Yeah, right? he coached in the XFL a couple of years ago. His thing is, he likes coaching. He just doesn't want the basically the, the, the full-year commitment that being a major college or an NFL head coach would, would, nece- would necessitate. This, is, guess- this allows him yeah. to scratch the itch. Listen, Wade Phillips wants to get back in the NFL. I don't think that's a big secret. Yeah. And now he's at least coaching football. Good for him. Wade's a terrific guy. You and I both know him. Yeah. Hassel would probably love to come into the NFL or get back into the NFL. As for these other guys, Buckley, Ward, Woodson, Barlow, Becht, maybe they look at this as their ticket into the NFL. But if this is their ticket into the NFL, then why don't Glenn Leftwich or Bienemy want to take a step back to be a first-time head coach? Because to in me, those, that's, because in to, those to me, that's case, telling. Well, that's telling. It's telling. It, but it, it also te- it also tells you that there there are people in the NFL internally that will say, "Hey, if you leave the NFL realm, you fall off the radar and you don't come back." Now, the XFL does have uh, a will partner on a few kind of things like officiating and even development of coaches with, with the NFL. But I think there are two, there are a lot of these guys that feel like, okay, what's better being a coordinator in the NFL or being the head coach in the XFL. And they're going to say being a coordinator in the NFL because you're one step away. Here's the thing. I don't think that Buckley Ward Woodson, mm, maybe Barlow or Becht, they would even be coordinators in the NFL. Not not this year. And now they're head coaches. No, I mean, oh, and their like head coaches. Terrell Buckley, for example, is a has been has been a position coach in college. Like his most recent job was was right. coaching corners at Mississippi. I, I applaud the diversity. I just don't know if you're setting these guys up to succeed by giving them all that responsibility as a head coach. Right off the hop, it's too much to be. And I hope they do well. And I hope I'm proven wrong. In the XFL, but it's too much. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it's like to coach in the XFL. I mean, I have no clue. It's it's a it's a low it's a lower league. I mean, I de- you, the only way you find out is by giving them the gig. But I think at the same time, I don't know if. if Coaching at that level doesn't really isn't even comparable to coaching college football because, like I like I said, it's a job that isn't necessarily a twelve month a year job. Coaching in the XFL. Well, that's fair. No, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. I hope they succeed, but they obviously made it a point to hammer home we're going to hire minorities, and I say good for them. Mm-hmm. And listen, Rod Woodson and Heinz Ward, 
were, were two of the better players to ever play in the in the NFL. And I think that's fantastic and good for all these other guys and Wade getting a chance to coach again. I'm just wondering if it's with very limited experience for the guys that we mentioned, mm-hmm. it's it, if it's too big of a jump. I understand there's less responsibility, but if it's too big of a jump. As Gary Kubiak then, might say, we're fixing to find out. Yes, we are. Coming up after the break, Baker Mayfield. Boy, this guy has been salty his whole career and just recently did a podcast, and he said something else that's not only salty, but something that I believe, Mace, you can relate to because I think you've you've heard a line like this before because I believe you like this comedian and his television show, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Baker Mayfield looking for a job and not appealing to the fan base wherever he goes next. That's next. Same as it ever was. 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 Same as Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Got some news coming out of the Bay Area. According to ESPN's Kendra Andrews, Steph Curry practiced in full today with the Warriors. They didn't scrimmage, though. But Curry did go through shooting drills and skill work, Steve Kerr says. Uh, Curry felt good after the workout, and he looks on track for a scrimmage tomorrow. So it looks like there's probably a little bit better chance that Steph Curry plays in game one against the Nuggets on Saturday in San Francisco. With that, time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. All right, Baker Mayfield recently did a podcast, talked about getting sideways with fans on and off the field, um, and basically going on to say, you know what? I would love to show up to uh, somebody's cubicle and just boo the blank out of them and watch them crumble. (laughs) Does that sound somewhat familiar, Mace? It it does. In fact, I imagine it sounds something like this. Hey, nice shoes. What, do you have sandals to work? It's always nice to walk in a room and get the aroma of feet. That's real conducive to the work atmosphere. I'm sure your coworkers really appreciate it. Hey, let's go eat in Toby's office. Great idea. We can check on our bunions. You know, uh, I have work to do here. I'm very busy. Oh, is this disruptive? Do you find it hard to work with someone interrupting? Well, you know, how'd you like it if I called security? Security? Well, I don't know how you're going to make it in this business if you can't take it. Oh. you got to be tough. Boo! Boo! Get out of my way! What's happening here? Toby! Toby! <laughs> kind of similar, right? Yeah, yeah. 
the hissing is what it takes to another level. Boo and the Right. Well, you and I have had this conversation. I don't understand the full-throated boo. I don't, yeah. Why don't you just say something else? I, I don't understand that. So anyway, uh, fans Boo is more family friendly. A lot of people scream profanities. At least boo is like, you know, you can yell yeah. boo around kids. That's true. I never thought of it that way, but I've never booed at a game. It also it also show like if a lot of people boo, it's a very distinctive sound. It it's you know it's not just like people frustrate. It's a very kind of unified sound, right? You you can't mis you can't mistake a crowd booing for anything else unless right. there's unless unless it's a guy like that that with a last name Boone. Like if Mike Boone of the Broncos has a big game next year. Then I think people will go Boone. Yeah. Well, what 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 about Philip Grubauer? Absolutely. Yep. There you go. Now I saw a lot of people react to this on Twitter, and it seemed to be the same theme. If I got paid fifteen million dollars a year, it wouldn't bother me if they booed me. I got news for you. You're a human being, right? And when people constantly make you feel badly about yourself, no matter how big of an ego that you have and they are constantly criticizing you on sports talk radio, in the papers. People make snide comments to you out in public. They look at you the wrong way because you're playing poorly while you're in the produce section at King Supers. Eventually, that gets to you. You can't go back to your multi-million dollar house and suddenly feel better about yourself. These people are human beings. So I'll ask you. If you made $15 million a year, try and put yourself in the position of an athlete and people are constantly riding you. You still good with that? Or are you going to say, well, I'm making 15, so it doesn't really matter. I think it, it depends. Honestly, it depends on the day. I think there are some days I'd be like, okay, it bothers me. But then there are some days that are like, oh, oh, you know what? I'm just going to uh, in, enjoy this, the financial spoils of it. Yeah, it doesn't feel good, though, when you can't leave your house. Yeah, you're in a big, nice house, and I get that. But it doesn't feel good probably when you leave your house and you feel like a pariah in your community. Well, Baker lives at the stadium, so they're booing him in his own house. Yeah. You know what? I never even thought of it that way. That's a very good point, Danny. Let's move on to another topic. <laughs> no, but right? But ironically, nobody's in those commercials. I mean, I, we don't see any fans. But the, the point is is that maybe athletes do need to understand they get cheered and they get booed. And there's no question that fans do take it too far. No question. No doubt that they take it too far. I mean, at the, when, when it reaches a point like where, where they, where someone can't go out in the community, that's where, that's where it goes too far. It's look, I mean, I, I, the booing thing is, you know, kind, kind of weird, but, it's part of it. I think it's it's relatively fair game as long as there's not physical harm. It's relatively fair game uh, yelling at the at the stadium at the venue. Beyond uh, beyond that, I think it's beyond it's beyond the pale. You, you you leave you leave the venue. You leave the field of play. You leave the court. Then it should be decorum. And here's something else on the side of the fan because I'll try and play both sides here. When you make a decision to choose a profession that is in the public eye, whether you are a politician, an athlete, an actor, or an actress, you have chosen a field in which people get to see you work most, if not all, of the time. 
And with that, there comes some potential being ridiculed for not doing your job well or being praised when you do do your job well. I'll dumb it down to another level. Mace, I've, you get very upset when people criticize you on Twitter. You get really bent out of shape. Not always. Well, not all the time, but you get bent out on, of shape. On, a, on occasion. All of us do. Although, all of us do. Although I've, I've just started blocking people more. It's, it's healthier. Well, th- there you go. Well, as I told you, I, I put something out on Twitter the other day about some college recruit going to Colorado, and people are telling me I'm making this stuff up. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I should lose my press pass. All of those things. The point is, I know the business that I'm in. So with that will come some criticism. Not everybody's going to like the show that I do. Not everybody's going to like your writing, Mace. And Danny, not everyone's going to like your intro music. But when you're on the radio every day and people can listen to you, you know the business that you have signed up for. It is clearly at a much higher level when you're out there for three hours playing in front of everybody. That's the, that's the position, that is the career that you chose. So if you are a theater actor and you're having a really bad night and the crowd decides to boo you, no matter how much money you made, if you're not doing your job and you're forgetting your lines, you're the one who made that decision to put yourself out there as well. So I think there needs to be a balance too. I think so, but at the same time, I think I think when you leave the venue, it stops. At that point, you're just a per. At that point, you're just that. You should be able to go out to go out in public, go out to dinner, go to the grocery store, and and not be and not be bothered. No, I would agree, but unfortunately, we live in a very different society. When when I was growing up, and we had three television stations: ABC, NBC, and CBS. And there were a handful of sports talk radio stations, two newspapers. That was it. That was it. There was no Twitter, no Instagram, no TikTok, none of that stuff. In today's day and age, the the backlash is far worse. But then again, the praise is much better, too. But the backlash, unfortunately, outweighs uh, outweighs being praised. Yeah. Right now, everybody loves Russell Wilson. Right. Everyone is, is, is fawning over the videos he puts out about working out with his teammates and being with his wife. I'll tell you right now, he goes out there for two, three games in a row, completes 60% of his passes. There's four touchdowns, seven interceptions. People are going to turn on him fast. Of course. That, 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 they, and really, they, they should have a bigger picture view than that if he comes out and has a bad game. But that's not. I know, I know that's not how this thing works, unfortunately. people Right now, everything is great, but that doesn't mean it's going to forever be that way. Here's here's what I would say to Baker Mayfield. I don't disagree with him about people being too harsh. But the differences between people booing you on the field and being critical on social media and taking it too far, and I get that, and showing up in somebody's cubicle to boo the blank out of them and watch them crumble, um, nobody pays any money to watch somebody work in a cubicle. They, they don't spend couple hundred on tickets and this amount for parking and this amount for concessions and buying your jersey people don't spend that type of money so it's really not apples to apples baker it's not it's not but at the same you know and, and I, but i mean i get his frustration but that being said like if people are being are are, are doing that to him outside i think he's got a point but i think if if the only 
vitriol he's getting in terms of when he's out and about is inside the inside the stadium, then I I think he ought to let it go. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? The Avalanche have a win streak on the line tonight as they host the LA Kings and the NBA playing games going on tonight. The first one's already started and the second one of the Western Conference after that. We'll talk about all that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can't reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, the LA Kings in town tonight taking on the Colorado Avalanche at Ball Arena, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time on TNT. The Avs have beaten LA 3-0 and 4-1 so far this season. This is their final game of the season series. And Colorado has also won six straight with Saturday's shootout victory over the Edmonton Oilers. Tonight, the first of a four-game homestand. Do the Avalanche make it seven straight wins tonight versus the Kings? I don't see any reason why not. Kings can't score any goals. They can't score any goals. They're one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. So looking at those two final scores that you rattled off, that's not a surprise. And if they score more than two goals in this game, I'd be stunned. So the, the Avs have 10 games left, right? Sounds about right. They're 52, 14, and 6. They play eight, they play 82. So they're sitting this so right now they're sitting at what, 100, 110 points, I believe? Yep. Okay. I mean, they're not going to set a single season record for for points, but there's a I, there's a very good shot, I think, of this team uh landing like in the top in the top in the top five all time in terms of points. If they I mean, if they win nine games, if they have some nine game nine wins, or they have eight wins and two OT or shootout losses, they are literally going to be tied for fourth all time in points. And that season. sounds great, but it's all about winning the cup, sadly. Well, yeah, and because part- that's what they're going to be remembered for. You know, at the end of the day, let's say they finish top five all time in points, mm-hmm. and then they go on to win a Stanley Cup. Then you say, are they as good as the? 96 team or the 2001 team you can make that argument if you want to but you can't make that argument until they win a cup well the and the other thing is if you look at the top 10 teams in, in points all time right you go through those teams and i i believe the only ones that won it all were the canadians four times in the 70s and everybody else with top 10 all-time point seasons 
did not win the Stanley Cup. Just in case you missed it, NBA play-in games continue tonight. Currently, the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks are playing out in Atlanta. Uh, I looked over my shoulder to see the score of that game, but they had a different graphic up, so I couldn't see it. 30-40, to 30-41 to 41 now, the Hornets trail the Hawks. The second game of the evening, the Spurs at the New Orleans Pelicans. Both those games on ESPN. Any thoughts on tonight's matchup? Mace, you were talking about the star power in this first game with LaMelo Ball and Trey Young, mm-hmm. and that you liked Trey Young, I believe. Yeah, I mean, just the experience in, in in pressure situations, which we saw last year and was a big part of why the, the Hawks went all the way to the, the conference finals last year. They rode, they rode Trey Young, and they rode the wave of Trey Young. And just in this type in this type of game, I like what he brings more than than uh, than Lamelo Ball and what the Hornets bring. Relatively inexperienced in this in this sort of situation. Guys, what did you think of uh, the Timberwolves winning the NBA championship last night? Looking at their celebration, because man, I thought they were getting ready to hoist a trophy, just waiting for one shining moment. They've been to what the you think, playoffs. What you think of that celebration. They've been to the playoffs now. What? This is just their second time in the last se- in the last uh, seventeen years, I believe. Yeah. Let them celebrate. You can savor so the, the savor fan, the moments the in life. Sh- fans should have stormed the court because you're the seventh seed. You know what? You're not allowed to storm the court in the NBA. Yeah. You get arrested. Life is too short. Yeah, and life is too short to not enjoy the moment. Yeah, I I think it's funny if you're a fan from outside of Minnesota, it's fun to make fun of them. But if you're a Minnesota fan, you have every right to celebrate that one like it was a championship because who knows how long this run will last. Yeah, I'm not gonna be well, the, I'm not gonna be the celebration police here. It, it wasn't it wasn't about the fans. It's about Patrick Beverly, who's got a big mouth to begin with. Great defensive player. Standing up on the scorer's table like they just won a title. Come on, dude. Why not? Why not? All right. All right. Yeah, that's he also doesn't like the Clippers. No, we well, yeah, he, he felt he got screwed by. Screwed out of what? I have no idea. It's a team that can't win a championship either. I like the Timberwolves. I'm just not a big fan of Patrick Beverly and the stuff that he said after the game. Anyway, that was uh, Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Argonaut always has great specials, and here are a few for this week and next week. Highland Park 12 year is just $39.99. The Culprit Red Blend, just $11.99. Stop by Argonaut today off Colfax and see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us, guys. Fantastic job back at the station. Mace, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted again. I'm rest, hoping to see you tomorrow. Rest tomorrow up. Studio. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow, but hopefully at least you'll be able to talk tomorrow, even if it's, if it's yeah. remote. I'm running out of gas. Yeah. Have a great night, guys. Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the dumb ways, the bullets rip. To the shadow of the beast, yeah. Another one bites the dust.